صباح الخير جود مورنينج دي ليسنرز يو ليسنينج تو راديو 3 سي ار اون 855 اي Palestine Remembered is Australia's only English-language radio program that is totally dedicated to Palestine. We'd like to welcome those listening on 855 and those that will join us on podcast at 3cr.org.au. Thanks for joining us. Stay with us and enjoy the episode. Bringing you the news and views and the untold side of the Palestinian struggle for freedom from a Palestinian perspective. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Palestine Remembered. Today, I'm very excited to bring to you the crew behind Tales of a Homeland, a Australian-grown Palestinian art initiative. And we've got three of the founders and producers here. But first, let me tell you where you can see Tales of a Homeland. In New South Wales, in Sydney, on the 7th of May, you can see it at Brian Brown Theatre in Bankstown. That's the 7th of May at Brian Brown Theatre in Bankstown, and in Melbourne on the 30th of April at the Clock Tower Centre in Mooney Ponds. That's the 30th of April, Clock Tower Centre in Mooney Ponds. Make sure you've got a pen and pencil because we'll talk about exactly how to get tickets throughout the show, but there'll also be links in the podcast so you can get all the details there. Joining me from Sydney, Janna Fayad, who's a Palestinian from Jenin. She was born and raised in Kuwait. She's a marketing, people and culture professional working in the Australian aviation industry. She's been very active in the Palestinian communities, both in Kuwait and in Australia, and in the cultural and activist space as well. And for over 15 years, she's had experience in organising Palestinian events and fundraisers, and she's got a passion for recreating and reliving the culture and heritage of our ancestors into modern forms of art and expression. She's the director of Tales of a Homeland. She's also joined by Samaya Al-Kadoumi, who is an Australian-born Palestinian. Her father was a Nakba survivor in 1948, and he ensured that his seven children would not forget his heritage. Samaya is a secondary school teacher and a wellbeing coordinator. She's worked for and with many Sydney and international Palestinian community groups for the past 15 years, including leadership programs, establishing youth groups, organizing events, speaking and writing on Palestinian topics and emceeing events. She's passionate about celebrating her Palestinian identity and to prove that the young will not forget. And finally, Omar Alouf, who's a Palestinian from Gaza. He's a mechatronics engineer professional working in IT strategy and consulting. Omar is highly skilled in Palestinian dubke and is one of the founders of Ataba Dubke, a Palestinian not-for-profit dubke group whose core focus is to celebrate one of the most prized cultural traditions Omar is a highly experienced in fundraising efforts in Palestine as well as neighbouring countries in need. He's the male lead in Tales of a Homeland. Good morning, guys. Morning, Nasser. Good morning, Nasser. Good morning. So, so very exciting to have the three of you with us. Unfortunately, Asala and Mustafa couldn't be with us. We would have had the whole crew, but that's okay because we've got a really good representation. Firstly, Janna, why don't you tell us the idea, the genesis of Tales of a Homeland? Where did it all come from? 
Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned uh, one of our other team members, Mustafa Al-Zaksuq. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to join us tonight. But during the peak of COVID, he was obviously with the border closures. Um, and, you know, we were unable to visit the, the homeland for quite some time. Um, and obviously with the events going on in, in Gaza in May of 2021 and the, the outbursts that were happening all, all around Palestine, he was searching for ways to connect to the homeland. And so the idea came to him in the peak of the pandemic which was to put on an original Palestinian plate and to tell the stories of our ancestors. So for 74 years since the Nakba, which obviously saw more than 700,000 Palestinians expelled from their homes, Palestinians all around the world have, have struggled in more ways than, than one, which brought about years of ethnic cleansing and apartheid tactics and, and settlements. But a negative impact, unfortunately, which is commonly overlooked, is dehumanization of Palestinians and the erasure of their rich and deeply rooted culture and stories, which dates back to historic times. And so Mustafa, as well as uh, many others in, in the team, uh, recognized this issue, and we aimed to fill this gap by educating and celebrating our heritage in, in an event that we're hosting for the second time this year, Tales of a Homeland. And so we hosted it for the first time last year in March of 2022, and we hosted 300 guests in Sydney. It was a fantastic show. Um, we received a lot of positive uh, feedback from, from the audience. And it, it was just a fantastic way to get Palestinians living in, in Australia from different generations. So we, the Tales of a Homeland is actually a group of 30 members. How it all started out was Mustafa got, got us all together and we all shared stories that we heard from our grandmothers and our great-grandmothers and our fathers as well and, you know, all, all of our family members. And because we're all from different regions in, in Palestine, in one moment in time, all of our ancestors were connected And all of our stories were shared together. And that's what birthed the idea of Tales of a Homeland. And so it's a play. It's a theatrical production, if you will. And there's a lot of, of our um, heritage included. So music and uh, cultural traditions. And there's a wedding as well. So I don't want to spoil too much about it. Yeah. But it basically follows the love stories of two Palestinians that are distanced by time and space, but they're connected in the most extraordinary ways. Fantastic, Jonathan. So Maya, one of the realities and we talk about just how beautiful palestinian culture is whether it's a celebration of our food our dance our folklore and in this case the art of stage too often palestinians are dehumanized you know edward said wrote an entire book and a thesis on it orientalized how has this show enabled you to break through that i think what's really important about our palestinian identity is that we realize how connected we are through our traditions. And one thing that I really loved about this play is how we really put on show our customs and the authenticity of who we are as a people. We're often so lost in the political crimes that are you know, being committed against Palestinian people that we forget what is being Palestinian. And, you know, I, it reminds me of like growing up in Sydney and when I was in primary school, I would have to, like people would ask me, you know, what nationality I was. And when I'll tell them Palestinian, so many people wouldn't know what Palestinian was. And they'll say, oh, Pakistan. And I'll say, oh, no, not Pakistan. It's, you know, Palestine. And I would have to make some kind of connection to them from what, what they have, like in, in terms of their, their knowledge. And I would have to say, you know, are you familiar with Jesus? And it's his birthplace. That's the place that I come from. And what I really loved about this play is it really displays what Palestinians, what being Palestinian means. It's our culture, it's our clothing, it's our songs, it's our love stories, it's everything that makes us unique 
and it connects us to the people in the homeland like being part of the diaspora we so desperate to connect to the homeland and one way we do that is through the authentic customs that are passed down from generations so that's what i really i think is really important and a really enjoyable part of this play is being able to reconnect and it's something that Palestinians living in the diaspora probably struggle with the most you know we're familiar with what's happening in Palestine but we we're not so familiar with what traditions and customs we have in a wedding what traditions and customs we have in the henna party and we've adapted different arab cultural customs and it really is a show of what being palestinian is so that's something that i think is really important because we are able to write our own narrative of what being palestinian is and i think that's it's such a special thing and it's something for us to be so proud of indeed samaya indeed we talk about nakba and you know we mentioned your your father being ethnically cleansed and making sure that his seven children never forgot their culture and their heritage one of the challenges of nakba is aside from the disconnection of land is our disconnection of culture. So I was born in Australia. I can take my children to see the primary school I went to, to the football ground where I kicked 50 goals because I was the world's best footballer. <laughs> I can take them on my life's journey physically. I can connect them to all of the stories of my childhood. What Nakba did was strip us not just of our land, but stripped us of the opportunity of translating those stories. So Jeanne was born in Kuwait. So her connection to her primary school, we're stripped of that, let alone being stripped of, you know, a henna party or of the males, you know, carrying the groom on their shoulder from, from house to house, the real beauty of our culture. So like me, you've spent most of your life outside of the Middle East. This is an opportunity for you to connect back to our roots. Why don't you take us on, on your feelings yeah, so Nasser, you know, most of our lives have been spent outside of our homeland, Palestine, and that's certainly the case with me as well. I've I've spent most of my life, at least 90-95% of my life outside in the Middle East, and what that's meant is that there's obviously been a gap in, in my life, and I think in a lot of our friends' lives around Palestinian um, as as Sumaya mentioned, traditions or customs. So I think going back to what you mentioned around some of the memories that that you lived through growing up and and now you know in some cases not being able to have your children experience the same memories obviously is a bit is um it's not ideal and and you want them to live through those experiences you want them to learn through those experiences as well just trying to link link back to the show some of the feedback we received last year as jenna said was very very positive and you know i, I remember this one piece of feedback that we got from one of the audience members and they said this is the most Palestinian thing that they've seen since since they've been in Palestine 30, 40 years ago, which is obviously very, it's very touching, it's very emotional. Um, but at the same time, it plays to our part in educating our our people, um, especially the, the diaspora that, that Sumaya mentioned, who who've obviously uh, been forced out um, of, of our land and just allowing them that experience to live through the the traditions, the customs, the dance, the weddings, the tulba, the zafba, the dabka, um, the henna, as well as, you know, providing some educational uh, pieces around, you know, these are some of the cities, these are, you know, where they're located, the fruit and the food that comes from these areas all that kind of thing is just it really was we certainly felt like it was a very wholesome experience as a cast putting it on and it felt even more rewarding when we heard the feedback 
And just going back to your question, I think if I look back at my learnings and, and the insights that I can share with, with your audience this morning is that in some cases, I think people learned more from this play than they would or than, than they have in several years, if any, to be honest, if they have in any case at all. So if that's not a great promotion or advertisement for our show, then I don't know what is. <laughs> that's brilliant. So the show is not just for Palestinians. We'd love for the wider Australian audience to come and see. We'd like to sell the shows out many times over. Just on that, Nasser, actually, one more thing. What you've raised there is a very, very important note, which is, you know, of the Palestinians that do know our cultures, traditions, our history and all of that, we would love for them and enjoy the environment. We want, we want them to relive those experiences and those memories. For those non-Palestinians, I think, if anything, those are the people that we really want to target as well. Because as you said, especially people living in Australia and you know outside the Middle East and outside Palestine, obviously they're, they're not completely aware. They don't have full transparency awareness of what's going on. So what... Tales of a Homeland does try try to do is try to shine a light on that. And especially in this year's iteration of the show, we want to just show a bit of shine a light on what's going on. And we do want to try to, it sounds ridiculous, but we do want to try to humanize Palestinians again. Well, Amar, we have to humanize Palestinians because unfortunately we're not Ukrainian. Yeah. yeah. If we were Ukrainian, we wouldn't have to be humanized. Now, listeners, I'm sure you grabbed a pen and paper earlier on. 30th of April in Melbourne, the 30th of April, the Clock Tower Centre in Mooney Ponds. There'll be a link in the podcast. You can find out how to get tickets there, but the Clock Tower Centre in Mooney Ponds. But if you Google Tales of a Homeland, Tales of a Homeland, you'll be able to find out how to get tickets that way as well. And in Sydney on the 7th of May, the 7th of May, Brian Brown Theatre in Bankstown. On the 7th of May, Brian Brown Theatre in Bankstown. Remember, Tales of a Homeland. If you Google that, you'll find the tickets or go to the podcast and there'll be links there as well. Janna, why don't you tell me a little bit about, there's a piece of music in the show that's particularly poignant. Yes, there is. To give you a bit of background about the show. So as I said, I won't give away too many spoilers, but um, I mentioned that there's two love stories that are distanced by time and space, but they're connected and the viewers of the show will find out at the end of the play there's a bit of, a, of a, an aha moment how these two uh, Palestinian love stories are connected but one of the love stories are two young Palestinians Zarif and Ataba and throughout the show they go through a lot of obstacles so that they could be re reunited and at some point in the show they are distanced by several thousand kilometers but they are writing love letters to each other and the love letters are in the form of a song. And the song is what our audience will have the pleasure of um, experiencing. And so that's the, the song that we're about to play for you today. <laughs> طول متغرب عالكوم 
لا تبعد عنا وتحط علينا اللوم ان شاء الله بترجع ونرجع لك روم نحصد الكمحات ونجمع شملينا العين سالت من دم الوارد لما هجرت وسافرت لبعيد سك الله تعود ونشبك ايد بايد ونبكى لبعض ونعيش بهانا And that song that you just heard was in the love letters that Zarif and Ataba write to each other back and forth. What a gorgeous, gorgeous song. Thanks so much for that, Shanna. Samaya, what's your favorite learning from putting on the show? I think the best part of the show and one of my favorite learnings would have to be how connected I felt to different generations of Palestinians. So um, the show has a range of different ages. And I loved hearing what Palestinian means to, you know, some of the older women who are part of the show. And I loved hearing what Palestine is to some of the younger audience members that would come along, like the brothers and sisters and um, nephews and nieces of the team. So it was, my favourite learning is definitely seeing how Palestine is so alive, even if we feel like sometimes we're not, you know, we're separated so much like in terms of like distance. And, you know, it, I think about one experience that I had when I was in Palestine and it was like we went on um, a tour to Bethlehem University and one of the students, I said to him, you know, like if I could go back to my students and tell them one thing about Palestinians, what would you want them to know? And he could have said many things, but he simply put it to, I want them to know that we are just like them. We party, we fall in love. We, you know, have heartbreak and we have friends and we have so much more in common with them than what they realize. And I really took that and I was thinking about that, like along my trip in Palestine. And I thought, you know, it's such a simple idea and it's something that the show does really well is it brings about what Palestine means to each and every one of us. And we've all brought in our own little contributions, like whether that be in the dress or in the way that we've interpreted what Palestine is. So my favourite learning has to be how Palestine can mean so many things to all of us and learning more about what those meanings are and, and connecting based on that. That's beautiful. Thanks so much for sharing that, Samaya. Amar, I'm interested, and you, you were a lot more political in that last answer, and it's so important. Palestine is politics. The reality is that Palestine was given away by somebody that didn't own it for people that weren't there. And the narrative that was consumed lock, stock and barrel by the West was this was a land without people for a people without a land. And then the narrative became the old will die and the young will forget. Why don't you extend on that? It hasn't been the case. As Sumaya just uh, highlighted, uh, we've got a team of very, very talented, very diverse people um, and volunteers, and it really was an intergenerational effort, this entire project. I think we've got 70-80% of the cast who are uh, Gen Z or millennials, and that just shows you that there's no way in hell <laughs> that we've forgotten. And if anything, our belief and our love for our homeland is stronger than ever. And we're making sure that that doesn't change. We're making sure that it is contagious. (laughs) 
and that it spreads across all of our networks. I think being so far away from our homeland and in some cases being um, so, you know, so powerless um, to help our people uh, when we sit in front of the TV and, and watch as they go through their suffering. The best thing we can do, in my opinion, other than obviously the monetary and medical support is try to educate people. And, and again, that goes back to my previous previous response is try to educate people and make sure that they're aware of what's happening. And by doing that, again, there's absolutely no way where you wouldn't understand our perspective, the Palestinian perspective, and not side with, or at least not see the injustice that's being committed. Being Palestinian is being an activist. Palestinian academic Kadakami said, as a Palestinian, you can be a doctor, a dentist, an architect, or an engineer, but your first job is as an activist. And certainly you are all wonderful Palestinian ambassadors. Janna, we've got about four or five minutes left, so I'm going to put a question to you. And certainly for me, you know, who is hopefully, I say hopefully, I don't imagine that we're going to go out of the Palestine advocacy business in a hurry. But I'm very, very heartened very heartened by the Palestinians that are behind me. And I say behind me, not in the sense that I'm leading and they're following, but behind me in the sense of a generation or two behind me and their capacity, ability, motivation and understanding of our cause and what that necessarily will translate to. And Kasameya, I had the same situation. As I said before we came on air, I grew up very white, inverted commas, and when I said Palestine, they did say Pakistan to me. And then the next question was, are you a leggy or an offie? Assuming that I was a spin bowler because all Pakistanis were spin bowlers. That today, four decades later, five decades later, when you say Palestinian, so many more people know who we are. Number one, they know who we are and overwhelmingly understand that we are the oppressed and not the oppressor. So there's been a, a loss of narrative to our enemies, the Zionists, because they no longer control. And I say control in the sense that our narrative was never spoken. The one thing that the Israelis were able to do was badge themselves as white. And so in the West, their narrative came out. But now people bypass Channel 9 and 2GB and 3AW and go to social media and other forms of citizen journalism and can get much closer to the truth. My father was a Nakba survivor, and he was buried in strange dirt. I say strange dirt because he shouldn't be buried in Australia. He should be buried next to his mum and dad in Philistine, in Palestine. This work is so very, very important because it reconnects our youth with their heritage. Janna, I imagine at the end of the show that I'm going to be a bucket of tears and going to be have to help out of the out of the theatre. Is that what you've experienced last year with some of the older generation in Sydney? Absolutely. And I'll, I'll tell you this. It wasn't just at the end of the show. This was actually during our rehearsals. Um, at times it, it got quite emotional because obviously when you're getting together and you're brainstorming and you're 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 bringing up stories that, that you heard from, from your grandparents and for, that you heard from your great-grandparents and your ancestors, it brings back a lot of emotional memories. And so I, I, I do recall at, at times a lot of the, the members when they were recalling stories that their their parents who might have passed away, who as um, many of us have, have experienced where were kicked out of, of, of our homes in Palestine, it brought back a, a lot of those those memories. It, it was sort of bittersweet in a, in a way because we had all, all of these members in our groups come together 
And it, it was a bit triggering at times because they would bring back memories of what their um, their families experienced in the Nakba and, and the years following the Nakba. And just after the show, I remember because it was such an emotional moment because we had people coming up to us from all, all over Sydney, from all different walks of life and just explaining to us how how monumental this this show was. And one of the things that I remember hearing so so often was that they were so happy that they brought their their kids with them because for years they had told their kids the stories of the traditions in in, in Palestine. But it was it, it's it's not the same as when, when you're seeing it live in, in in real time. And so that that's one of the things that in our sort of promotion of our shows, we actually highly recommend that our guests bring their their kids along, no matter how old they are. Because as Omar said, it is absolutely an educational experience. A lot of these kids will never get to experience living in, in Palestine. And this is their way of connecting with, with the stories of their ancestors and of their parents. So I, I would definitely say it, it was definitely an emotional experience, whether it was throughout the rehearsals or when we were on stage, because you're, you're practically reliving the experiences of our ancestors and you know I, I i remember in may of 2021 when all of the attacks on palestine were really uh, ramping up and i would stay up at night just watching the news and i felt so hopeless and i remember when we got together during tales of a homeland this was it it, it was a a moment of, of clarity because i felt so hopeless during those those times as i mentioned to you but this was our way of giving back to the people living in Palestine. This was our way of honoring the, the memory of our ancestors, of honoring the, the memory of, of our family members that, that fought through the occupation, that were kicked out of their, their homes, that were that were displaced. And this was our way of bringing justice halfway across the world. Brilliant, brilliant. Three wonderful Palestinian ambassadors. Listeners, the 30th of April, Clock Tower Centre in Moody Ponds. That's the 30th of April, Clock Tower Centre, Moody Ponds in Melbourne. 7th of May, Brian Brown Theatre, Bankstown. 7th of May, Brian Brown Theatre, Bankstown. Google Tales of a Homeland. That's Tales of a Homeland. Or you can go to the podcast and the links will be there on how to buy tickets in Sydney and or Melbourne. Omar Janna Samaya, thanks so very much for joining us today. Thank you so much. Really appreciate the opportunity. And we look forward to hosting everyone in uh, in less than two weeks. Very excited. Thanks so much for having us on, Nasser. Thank you for having us. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends, share the podcast, and remember, there's never been a better time for a free Palestine.